0: Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Yeah, Doing well.
1: Healthy, alive. Yeah, Yourself?
0: I think I'm healthy and alive. I think. I'm pretty sure. I checked my pulse about an hour ago, so I'm alive. Although I don't know if Joe Biden, is Joe Biden alive? Is he alive? Some would argue I've, he's not. Trump,
1: Trump would argue that he's I, not. I Trump said that he's dead already. I mean, he could be. We could just be seeing, you know, little clips of him that they made beforehand, right? Or a deep fake <laughs> CGI, or right? Yeah, deep fake, yeah, CGI, CGI. Uh-huh. yeah. Which, I mean, to yeah. be fair, He's been up there going on
0: about how he's been in Congress or excuse me, he's been in the Senate for 180 years. You know, a couple of hundred million people have died from COVID. 180 million people have died from gun violence. According to him, then we
1: shouldn't have any people in the U.S. left. So Uh, the U.S. is done. And, you know, the the thing about the deep fakes real quick, there was I've seen there was an article saying that by, I don't know, 2025, I think they were saying 2026, somewhere in there. Uh, 90% of the internet will be made up of deep fakes. What's the point of being honest then? You know, uh, personally, I really don't care if, for example, uh, a movie. Okay, I really don't care if it's a real actor, a real human being, or if it's CGI. I really don't care. If it's a good movie, I don't care. Same thing with online stuff. If it's actually uh, online, I, I honestly, there, there's nothing online that I really care about it being a real person on. The only thing I really use the web for necessarily is research information and video games. And that's it. <laughs>
0: I would argue that uh, cgis I mean, they're, they're convincing. They're convincing. Deep fakes are convincing. Audio audio, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit easier to do with audio than it is to do with video. Video, you can't really do it yet. Although I've seen a couple of good ones of Trump that they've put together. Uh, and it's, it, it's pretty interesting. Uh, and, you know, if you if you look at it, you'd think, hey, you know, that's actually him. You know, if you were just glancing at it in passing, you know, I mean, if you weren't really paying attention to it. So I don't know. All right. Um, the big night tonight. Yeah. Big night tonight for Trump. Big night for Biden as well. Debates yeah. are tonight. Now, obviously, this is going to come out tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, rather rather, depending on where you are in the world. So this will have already happened. But, you know, we kind of want to give perspective now on what we think is going to happen. But uh, it's hard to say what's actually going to happen. So here's what's going to happen. So tomorrow, uh, just FYI, tomorrow, we're going to be re-releasing a couple of specials we did a while back because we've been referencing them a lot this week. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we're going to be releasing... Um, the two podcasts where you're getting two podcasts tomorrow plus the morning show. So you're getting you're actually getting three. So tomorrow we're going to be re-releasing just as a refresher for those that missed it, uh, because I know we got a lot of new listeners, a lot of new subscribers, and we thank you all very much. But we did a couple on the science or cult mentality that we're dealing with. And we also did another one on uh, what the psychological impacts of public health are actually doing to the populace. So we're going to give a refresher on those tomorrow. Uh, so expect those tomorrow. However, we are going to discuss the entirety of the morning show about the debates. So uh, we're just going to pick some highlights and, and things like that. So we're going to spend tomorrow putting all that together. But yes, for the main one tomorrow, uh, we're, we're going to be re-releasing those too. So be sure and check those out. Those are very important that we keyed on. And as far as I can tell, there's not too many other people that have been doing those uh, that, that do deep dives into these, uh, these agendas that we're seeing. So please do give those a listen. So anyway, back to the debates. So tonight, the Biden campaign has requested a debate break every 30 minutes. Now, Trump's been asking for a lot of things. He's been asking for Biden to take a drug test. And of course, Biden kind of laughed it off. And he's been uh, I, you said there was something about an earpiece, you know, that he's worried about an earpiece or something. And so yeah. here, here's the thing. This kind of makes me wonder because we've been hoping for a covid diagnosis. Right. That's what I mean. That's what we've been calling because it's still possible. Uh, it's it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But the thing is, is, you know, you, you kind of have to see the debates. But here also Biden's been doing this. You notice he's been closing his campaign down early the last couple of weeks or so. Well, actually, it's been longer than that, hasn't it? It's been since around Labor Day, I think. He's been it's closing been down at this like nine o'clock month. in the morning, 10 o'clock, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. I mean, that's that to me shows that he's physically exhausted. That, that's what that shows to me.
1: Actually, I, I... Okay, so I was hearing... That was my first assumption as well. But I, I was hearing from um, some people that have connections inside of that campaign, right? And they were saying that it's actually... He's prepping for the debates. You mean he's trying to get over the fact that there's going to be
0: gaffes and mistakes and, and things like that? Yeah, they're, they're trying would, to ensure that he
1: has all of it up there.
0: Yeah, which which um, would make sense. Now, Trump said something about a drug test. Now, he's... And I heard Trump on the uh, on the phone the other day with uh, his interview that he did with Fox and Friends, and he was talking about how uh, he wants a drug test, you know, the, the, uh, the campaign team wants a drug test, and Trump himself wants a drug test because he says, I don't know what the guy's on, he's on something, he has to be, because if he goes out and he gives a speech, half of it he seems kind of lucid, and the other half he doesn't, so... Trump's concern is is they're whacking him up with something. Uh, they're they're whacking him up with something like you know, uh, uh I don't know, an adrenaline shot. Uh, what's the other one? Methamphetamine of some kind. You know that that. So I, I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it, some days he goes out there and I and I've seen him give speeches recently, and you think, wait a minute, he's actually full of energy. He's actually giving a speech. He seems like he's cognizant in the speech. What's going on? But then he goes out and he does something, and it's like, dude, you're losing it. So. I, honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, what stance they're going to take. I don't know how Joe's going to behave. It's going to be interesting for sure. But um, what, what do you think? Do you think he's on something? Do you
1: think they're whacking him up with something? It's possible. At the same time, it could just be. So when you, when you have somebody just coming down with dementia, they'll have good days and bad days, right? So one day they may have, they, they may be themselves and you can't really tell that there's any problems. And then the next day or even a few hours later, they are, uh, you know, basically Joe Bidening everything like gaffes or um, forgetting things, what, what, you know, the cognitive issues. So it's difficult to really say whether or not he's going to have issues or not. The thing is, is as the night progresses and it goes longer and longer uh, because it's so late in the evening, Trump is so used to uh, he's he's constantly having to fight. Uh, for his stances, for the things he 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 wants to do, or what hap- just in general, he's constantly fighting the media um, or you know the people around him. Uh, I mean, he's constantly posting stuff on Twitter, uh, so he's he's active in that sense, right? He he has that. Um, honestly, the the uh, I've not heard Trump preparing for the debate. All I've heard is is he's not really prepping for it. He's already prepped. He knows all the information that he wants to go over. I mean he's he's inundated day in and day out whereas Biden I I actually feel bad for him in a sense uh going going toe to toe against Trump uh because there's so many weak points that Biden has right now um all Trump has to do is mention Hunter Biden and Joe Biden will just explode and you know I mean this definitely could be really an entertaining thing um it could uh it could also go really well for Biden. He may show that he's cognitive. We've set the bar so low, um, basically to the point that if Biden's on stage and he's able to recite his name, um, then it's a win for Biden. It's basically what we're the levels we're getting to. And Trump, really, I, we've talked about it before. It, it's Trump's to lose. So I don't know, man. It's uh I don't know. I don't know the the direction it's going to go when it comes to the debate. Um, But yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, I I see what you're saying about uh, about Biden. I get it. Right. I I understand. Uh, I have seen the video of him getting stirred up when somebody mentioned his son, when somebody mentioned Hunter Biden, the dude just flipped. It's like a a switch went off and he just came unglued. Yeah. So does Trump do that? Does Trump take that? Uh, that that stance? Does he come out of the gates and does he immediately throw Biden off and and key on that and keep him off balance? Does that set the tone at the beginning of the debate? I mean, if that were me, that's what I would do. But then again, of course, you know how the media is going to spin it, which to be quite honest with you, I don't care what the media has to say. I, I don't. I don't care what any of these pathetic politicians have to say. I don't. They've wrecked the economy. They've wrecked people's savings. They've wrecked people's businesses. I no longer care what any of these people have to say. So, They're going crazy. They're running around with their hair on fire as it is anyway. They could care less about what kind of damage they do to somebody with their cancel culture nonsense. Why should Trump care? Why should he? Why should he give a damn about any of this stuff? I mean, they're going to call him a bully, a bigot, a racist, a a homophobe, a xenophobe, whatever, right? They're going to call him every name under the sun because that's what it's about. It's about discrediting the incumbent, making him unpopular. That's the agenda that's being played out here. So does does Biden... Get put on the the defensive in the beginning, or does Biden come out and do, do his people have him prepping for uh, a a sense of keeping Trump off balance? You know, presenting the front like um, you know he's he's going to come out and and make a statement like you know I, I'm on board with this. You know, we need to do this for the American people. We need to do that for the American people. Kind of reassuring people of what his policies are going to be. But then again, he said what his policies are going to be is what? More lockdowns, national mask mandates, all this stuff. People don't want to hear that. People don't want to hear that. So I don't see how he could gain people's trust
1: out of the gates uh, right off the bat with that. I don't see how that could that could work. The, the mask mandate. That's actually a good point, because he's he's flip flop three times on the mask mandate. First, he said he would do one. Then he said, no, we actually can't do one constitutionally. Then he said, oh, actually, my my lawyers, uh, constitutional lawyers said, yeah, um, we, we, we probably could do a mandate like this. So is he going to get on the debate stage and flip flop again? Uh, that, that, that's a good, that's a good question. And the other thing is, is what is Biden going to be able to throw at Trump that hasn't already been thrown at Trump already by the media or by the the Twitter masses? Um, uh, there's not really anything that's new breaking. I mean, the only thing they're going to come out with is his taxes. And th- I mean, they'll probably hammer him on taxes more than likely, but honestly, if Trump is able to smack him down with Biden uh, or Hunter Biden, uh, that will set the tone. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely see how, how Joe handles that interaction. And, uh, I don't know, man, it's the president. Here's the thing. The president has a stage where he can say whatever the heck he wants at this point. And he's going to have the majority of the American people watching the world watching. So if he wanted to bring some attention to the Hunter Biden situation or just the Bidens in general and cast those doubts of corruption, it'll be easy. I mean, he'll be, he has all the facts. His kids go on uh, different news networks talking about it. So, you know, it's important to him, you know, I mean, so we'll see. We'll we'll see. Um, I'm looking forward to it, honestly. Uh, I hope for the sake of America, I hope it goes well for Trump. I really do, Um, because Biden... Biden getting into the presidency is um, bye-bye Republic, especially if they win the Senate, which they're they're talking that some of the seats may, may flip. Yeah, but
0: that's a Washington Post saying that I don't put a whole lot of faith in the Washington Post or USA Truth. Today or CNN when they say that. When they say that 10 True. seats are possibly about to flip in the Senate, that means that 10 Dem seats are probably about to flip in the Senate. People don't like yeah. the riots they don't like any of this stuff i think this has if if this has done anything this has uh brought more people into the realm of awareness as to what this agenda actually is and i think that's largely it's made the Democrat Party, the radical wing of the Democrat Party, which let's let's face it, that's become the mainstream Democrat Party is that they're endorsing all of the uh, the mobs and the riots in the streets. They're endorsing all of that. I, I read something uh, or excuse me, I heard something this morning. BLM is now polling in the single digits. Does that sound right? Or in the teens as far as like popularity? Sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. Like their popularity has just dropped into the toilet. I mean, it's terrible. But a month ago, they were more popular than the U.S. military. Well, what's happened? What's happened? Everything's changed. But the Democrats, I mean, we've played the clips here of, of what they've been saying, right? Kamala Harris, Biden's VP pick, what she said about all this stuff. We talked the other day about uh, is BLM essential for democracy. That's what she says. So I, I honestly, I think that people are not uh, taking to this agenda. They, they don't like this stuff. They don't like the violence. People want peace and quiet. They want law and order. They want their business. They want to be left alone. You got a statistic
1: on that? Yeah. So among white adults, specifically, uh, Republicans or lean Republicans, 16 uh, percent approval currently among Democrats or lean Democrats, 88 percent approval, even with all the riots and the destruction and everything, 88 percent of Democrats still support them, 88 I I, that is absolutely baffling. I don't
0: know too many Democrats like I I know Democrats, but I don't know too many of them that are on board with all this.
1: That that's they're the classic ones, though like yeah, they don't they don't believe
0: in all this stuff like this this crap about um you know destroying the family and all this stuff about uh well if if you don't have something then then it's owed to you go out and steal it you know no no one like no democrat that i've ever known has ever said anything like that or or believed in anything like that like no no one believes that stuff i mean you know yes we differ on policy yes we differ on uh, you know how we want to uh, see the country go in certain regards but Nobody ever believed, at least, you know, in within uh, my circles, I mean, to be honest with you, if I ever met any anybody like that, as far as, well, if you don't have it, then I'm just going to go out and steal it. If I've ever met anybody like that, I'd want to get as far away from those people as possible. You don't want to be around people like that. And so, I mean, I, like I said, I, I've never met uh, I've never met anybody that's, you know, I've talked politics with that has ever thought anything like that. So I, I can't imagine that, that they would be on board with that. That poll, though, 88% of of democrats like i said the democrats i know they they don't think that they they don't think like that
1: yeah i need to know more um i'm not seeing their methodology here this is this is um pew research by the way um let's see how they did it they polled 10,000 adults between september 8th and 13th that's the the most recent ones it looks like it was an uh blah, blah, blah. it's an online survey through national random sampling so honestly you can't online polls aren't really that accurate nonetheless i i i i can't see 88 of dems being for it um if you're an if you're an old democrat you know like 50 and up i don't really think you're on board with this it just the ones that i've met anyway they're they, they understand what's going on but those that are younger than that they're a little as you get as you get younger and younger from that that 50 age you know 50 year old age mark they become more radicalized and more extreme so plausibly it depends on the age groups that they were uh, because this was online and everything i i don't know i need to know age groups and i need to know more about the mm-hmm. the numbers yeah, yeah. than what there's okay
0: showing. so uh, ba- back to the debates here. Let's just round it off onto this. So, um, yeah, we, we had a really, really long drift there. But uh, OK, so the Trump campaign wants um, uh, wants earpieces to be inspected to ensure that Biden isn't being fed lines by staffers. This is another thing. Uh, again, they, they requested a break every 30 minutes and Trump said no. Uh, this follows an embarrassing incident last week when Biden appeared to be reading a teleprompter from a Telemundo interview. Which okay, Biden denied that claim, but we knew what that was all about, right that, that was a that was a thing in the beginning where the media kind of clipped it up and then they put it out to make it look like he was reading a teleprompter, but he wasn't actually reading a teleprompter, was he? He was actually taking, I believe it was questions recorded questions from another screen that was off to the side and then they were answering those those questions. I think that's what it was all yeah. about. But yeah. then again, you know I, I looked at the shot and because we do video work here, just on a side note, I don't really know. I can't say that i that I'm hundred on board with that and let me explain why because we do video, we do video work so we know what it looks like what that looked like was a green screen on the monitor so it, it could have been the, the recorded image and then sometimes you know when you when you have a camera that looks onto a monitor it doesn't get the best you know, image possible off of it. So instead, what the studios will do, they'll green screen over that monitor that's sitting on a table or something, and then you can impose whatever image you want on it, which is kind of what we do here. So, it, I mean, it, if you do green screen work, but you can tell a lot of times if it's if it's quick work, if it's, if it's done, you know, off the site, you can tell if it's a green screen. What it looked like, what it looked like to me was the shot that they showed was Biden sitting there looking at the screen and then the green screened uh, question, recorded question on the screen. And then, of course, he was looking at the monitor and then, you know, um, watching the um, the
1: question being asked to him. But again, that could have been be fair, a number of things. Go ahead. You don't even necessarily need a green screen, to be fair. I mean, kind of the, some of this stuff we're doing with some of the other software, you just need an overlay. Since the camera is not moving, uh, you you could technically layer it. So if Biden were to, you know, wave his hands or something and, and like it goes in front of the screen, it would it would mesh properly but um that that that's definitely a plausible thing and that's something i, I kind of thought about um i still think though if it's a high def tv you know with the way flat screens are now uh, it, you know cameras still pick them up fairly well
0: they do and you know i i've seen people that do video podcasting they do video presentations and now they're doing all of these multiple screens put together you know so they'll have like nine giant uh, you know, fifty-five inch or whatever flat screens that are up there, four K flat screens, and then you extend the displays, and so you can have them all put onto one giant picture, and you can see the borders that are cut in there, so you know yeah. it's multiple monitors. So yeah, maybe maybe so. Right, yeah, right. You're right. Anyway, um, so Biden has made uh, innumerable verbal slip ups and gaffs in the last three minutes of television interviews. Uh, usually, so um, the question is, this is going to be a ninety minute debate, ninety minute debate, no breaks. I don't think I've seen Joe do 90 minutes. I've seen him on the debate stage with all the 20 candidates or whatever up there that they had, you know, whatever they had up there. I've seen him do that, but he wasn't talking the whole time. He wasn't having to explain the whole time. Whereas I, well, that could have been a burst capillary, to be fair. I mean, I've seen I've seen that happen many times. Um, But yeah, this is this is a question whether or not he's actually going to be
1: able to make it. I'm going to be interested to see whether or not he's going to make it. So. (laughs) The, the thing is, uh, the, the reason that was such a big deal with the eye uh, situation, though, that's usually caused by uh, high blood pressure. And he's already had like, what, three aneurysms or something like that? Brain aneurysms? So two. OK. um So he's had two brain aneurysms and had surgery on those. Um, aren't those caused by blood pressure or is there other causes as well? Uh, aneurysms can
0: be, it's one of those things that they can just hit. You you don't know. I mean, it, it could, could be. be yeah, yeah. I guess it could be like blockage things. or something more so. Yeah. Than and the thing pressure. is, which that's, thats it's funny you mentioned that because it, it, that is that possibly what could have been the thing that happened to uh, Dr. Ron Paul? I mean, is for those that don't know, Dr. Ron Paul looked like he had some kind of a neurological
1: issue on a live stream the other day. Uh, have you been able to find out what that was all about? The speculation was a stroke. That, that was what I first heard. Um, because so, some of the, it, it looked like some of what I've seen, like one side of his face was a little bit more lax or limp than the other. So it could have been a stroke, could have been a a, a mild stroke, could have been something on those lines. Um, I don't know that they actually, I haven't heard anything more. I don't know if they actually know. Yeah, it just says uh, the, the most recent thing I see is uh, his Twitter saying, um, I'm doing fine. Thank you for your concern. Rand Paul just said, Um, He says, thank God dad is doing well. Thank you for all your uh, prayers today. So from what it looks like, he's he's fine. Okay, well, that's good. All right.
0: But anyway, I mean, aneurysm, usually when an aneurysm hits you, I mean, if they don't catch it right, it'll kill you dead. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's what will happen. It was my understanding that Joe Biden has had a couple of, um, shall we say, mini strokes as in, you know, he's it's affected his his cognitive abilities at this point. I mean, some speculate that that seems to be what the issue is here and it could be due to complications of him having the plastic surgery which we know he's had you know uh, he got an eye lift on a weekend a couple of a couple of months back and then of course on the campaign trail in the early days you could tell that he had uh, cosmetic surgery he looked younger than what he actually looked you know a couple of weeks prior to that and then, of course, with the eye lift, you remember a couple of weeks ago, or excuse me, a couple of months ago, he was wearing the sunglasses. Yeah, he was wearing the aviators. Yeah. Couldn't see him because uh, he got an eye lift. Yeah. He was bruised he and an scarred. So, he, yeah, so he had to, yeah, he had to wait. So they've, uh, well, they've dressed him up and they've put him out there. You know, they're going to hit him, whack him up with whatever they need to whack him
1: up with to get him cognizant out there so he can actually perform. Well, and they only need him to last... Till the election, right? So they're not really concerned about any kind of side effects with drugs uh, they pump into him. But wasn't it? Uh, didn't he have two surgeries, brain surgeries for the aneurysms?
0: I believe so, but I can't be sure of that. I've heard that. So
1: that, that's what size. I'm pretty. Well, let me let me let me double check that. So okay, so he did have brain surgery twice. Severe neck pain. Blah blah blah. to a pinch nerve and a viral infection. Okay. So he had a viral infection and a pinched nerve that they were clearing up. This was in 1988. So, you know, obviously our, our medical practices back then were amazing, even though that was not too long ago, um, 33 years ago, 32 years ago. Uh, but he, um, he went under, uh, under the knife twice that year. Um, so it could be side effects of, the, of of that. Indeed. Well, you know, like you said,
0: they just need to get him through to the election, right? Which they're planning on dragging this out. We know that that's what they're going to do. We played video, or excuse me, we played, well, for us, it was video. We played audio here of Hillary Clinton saying this thing's going to drag out or well, he shouldn't uh, concede under any circumstances. And I'm confident that he's going to win in the end if we don't give an inch, right? Isn't that what she said? Kind of, you know, paraphrasing a little bit. Well, If we don't have a declared
1: winner by, what is it, like three weeks? Is it three weeks or something like that? If we don't have a declared winner by uh, January 21st, then Nancy Pelosi takes office for until uh, that's resolved.
0: Uh Now, she is she's uh, preparing the House of Representatives now uh, on how to vote to elect the president. Now, of course, it's not like she would persuade them to vote for her or anything. I mean, I don't I don't think. Right. I mean, no, they run the. They run the house, so she didn't have to. Yeah, she doesn't have to. But, I mean, you know, if the people want it, right? Isn't that what FDR said? Well, I mean, I mean I'm not going to run, but... If the people want it, then, you know, that's that's just what he's going to have to do. Or in this case, that's what she's going to have to do. She has officially informed her Democratic Party caucus that the House of Representatives could decide the presidential election and has urged them to focus on winning races that could decide the outcome. They're saying that the House could decide the election if no candidate achieves a majority in the Electoral College. We know who's going to get that majority. I'm sorry. I mean, you, you can't you can't seriously look at the fervor in that country over there right now and tell me. That Joe Biden's going to win this thing. You can't tell me that. They know that it's going to be a landslide, and they're going to get humiliated even worse than they did in 2016. It's going to be worse. It's going to be worse because the chaos, the lockdowns. Yeah, of course they're going to throw fraud at it. Uh, of course they're going to throw fraud at it. We, that's what the mail-in voting's all about. I mean, that's you know, you're throwing an entire new system together in eight months. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's going to be an absolute disaster. Case in point, look what we talked about yesterday with the ballot harvesting, with uh, what's going on in Minnesota with Ilhan Omar. Which, by the way, the Minneapolis uh, police and the sheriff's offices up there are getting involved in that. They're investigating it right now. Yeah, they're doing an investigation on it,
1: which is good. They should be doing that. They should have investigated her uh, fraud cases as well. I haven't heard anything on that. She should be uh-huh. delegitimized, but uh-huh. really should be should so, be deported. But
0: yeah. Yes, I agree. So Pelosi has uh, she's penned a letter to House Democrats. Of course, she, you know, she wrote it herself. You see, she penned a letter to House Democrats and urged them to consider whether the House might be pulled into the decision or excuse me, it pulled into deciding who is president when determining where to focus resources on winning seats in November. This could lead to a more concerted effort by Democrats to win in states such as Montana and Alaska. Uh Okay, Alaska's been red for a long time. Uh, Montana, as far as I know, Montana's always been blue. I don't think that they've gone red anytime in the last few elections. I could be wrong, but Montana's always been a heavily Democrat state. I don't know why, to be fair, but it is. Uh, they say that's typically Republican turf, uh, where Democrats have, uh, have been competitive statewide. I, I don't think, in Montana, Montana, you would think that that would be a GOP state, but it's not. It's blue.
1: It's, it's red. Montana's is red. Is it red now? Uh, okay. It's been red for let's see 2016 it was red 2012 it was red really uh, 2008 it was barely red 2004 red. Okay 2000 so' they've ch-
0: red it's, but it's always been blue though like Democrats have always they've always had a Democrat governor they've always had Democrat uh, reps in the House and in the Senate like that doesn't make any sense. That that doesn't make any sense. Of course, you could say the same thing about Kentucky, right? The state is is pretty much entirely red, with the exception of the cities and the state house. The whole, th- you know, the, and that, that's supposed to represent the entire state, and the state's technically blue, which I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. It just doesn't fit. Uh, anyway, Pelosi wrote in her letter: "The Constitution says that a candidate must receive a majority." of the state delegations to win. Also, all of a sudden, she cares about the Constitution. Lady, you've done everything to stomp on that thing your entire tenure in Congress. We must achieve that majority of delegations or keep the Republicans from doing so. So here's the question. Now, this is interesting. If the House flips back to the GOP, then she wouldn't be the Speaker any longer, would she?
1: Nope, she would lose her position.
0: And therefore, she wouldn't be able to take that office. And then whoever uh, whoever the new Speaker would be, on the GOP side would assume that office until we can get this figured out. And of course, this is good. Okay, at what point, though, and you know this, I mean, you're digging down, you dig down the Constitution all the time. At what point does this befall upon the Supreme Court? At what point? Because this is another reason why they're they're trying to throw a wrench into this works of uh, Amy Coney Barrett and all this stuff. So at what point does this fall upon the Supreme Court, the election.
1: Litigation. So as as both the Biden and Trump campaigns sue over this, you know, um, basically it would it would come down to individual states that would file lawsuits in each state individually, and then those would eventually lead up to the Supreme Court um, if they're not resolved at the state level, and then um, that would be resolved there. And over time, it would be basically the Supreme Court deciding um, who who wins in that scenario, whereas. Um, Basically, whoever's the speaker, which it's Pelosi, uh, the, the new speaker won't take office until, um, you know, the, the, the change in January. So um, we're, we're getting close to the lame duck season, as they call it, which it's a really that's a misnomer. You're you're still. If the president loses, okay. If Donald Trump loses this election, he's still president until January twentieth or whatever day it is. Uh, this this cycle. So anything he can do, anything he, uh, the president does, right? He can nominate a. Uh, Supreme Court justice, whatever it does not matter. He can nominate a Supreme Court justice the day after the election and still be constitutional. He could nominate someone the day before his term is, or or the day of his term ending. Uh, so January twentieth. He are, could, are he you sure? Are
0: are you sure? Positive? Are are you? I mean, are you hundred percent sure? Because uh, mm-hmm. Senator Blumenthal says says different.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Let's hear. Let's hear. He says uh,
0: this. This is his. Okay. so this is what he put out on Twitter. Okay. he says, I will oppose the. This is a senator. Okay. of course, the Senate has to confirm. Right. President nominates whoever the president is. They nominate the Supreme Court justice. U.S. Senate has to confirm. Okay. so that's that's the process. And of course, the Republicans hold the Senate. So obviously, and then Trump represents the Republican Party in the executive. So he nominates the Republicans approve. It's an election year. So you idiots up there better do what you're supposed to do. Just throwing that out there. Um, But Senator Blumenthal, who's a Democrat, says that uh, I will oppose the confirmation of Judge Amy Coney Barrett as I As I would any nominee proposed as part of this illegitimate sham process, barely one month before an election, as Americans are already casting their votes, Americans deserve a voice in this hugely consequential decision. So see, Bruce, Senator Blumenthal says it's illegitimate. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Where is he getting that out of the Constitution? Well, I, I don't think that it's in the Constitution per se, but yeah, he's yeah. he's just saying that it's illegitimate is what he's saying. He says mm-hmm. I will refuse to treat this process. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, he he goes on to say he goes on to say if Judge Barrett's views become law, hundreds of millions of Americans living with pre-existing yeah, you love this because this is all coming down. But they're worried about two things. They're worried about overturning Roe v. Wade, and they're worried about uh, Obamacare being thrown out. That's what they're worried about because they'll take another look at Obamacare. With a clear majority here, and they'll say, Yeah, see you later. But he's saying if Judge Barrett's views become law, hundreds of millions of Americans living with pre existing conditions would lose access to their health care. In the middle of this pandemic, which we're going to go over some of those numbers by the CDC here in just a minute, you're going to love that. Uh, rushing confirmation of an extreme jurist who will decimate health care is unconscionable. I will refuse to treat this process as legitimate and will not meet with Judge Amy Coney Barrett. Now the Democrats in the Senate are saying that they're not even going to show up. They're not even going to not even going to entertain the idea. OK, we don't need you
1: to. Uh, <laughs> OK, to <get> her through. <laughs> see, you. see you later.
0: OK, uh, now, to be fair, childish. to be f- it is childish. It is childish. To be fair. OK, he went on CNN. He was discussing this exact fact. OK, he went on CNN and he he went on Wolf Blitzer show. OK, Wolf Blitzer, for God's sake, probably one of the worst uh, so-called journalist on television, Wolf Blitzer. Okay. Guy's terrible. He's terrible. But in this situation, I have to admit, I, I will, I will flat out admit this. The questions that were we're gonna play it here in just a second. The questions that Wolf Blitzer asked Senator Blumenthal are the exact same questions I would have asked. Yeah. It's it's a legit it a question. question. It's it's a yeah. good question to ask. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna play it here right and you you make up your own mind okay so here here's Senator Blumenthal on CNN
2: with Wolf Blitzer. We're going to recognize the rank hypocrisy of pushing forward in this sham illegitimate process of a nominee with these devastatingly catastrophic views. So, Senator, you've used the word illegitimate now twice. Uh, What are the Republicans doing that is illegal or illegitimate? Uh, Because the Constitution says the president has to nominate Supreme Court justices. The Senate has to advise and consent and confirm. So what is illegal about what the president and the Republicans are doing? You say it's illegitimate. It is illegitimate. Uh, Wolf, because never before after July in an election year has any justice been confirmed. It's illegitimate because the vote on this nominee will occur literally at the end of October, a handful of days before an election where Americans are already voting. And it's illegitimate because the next president and the next Senate should be the ones to make this decision because. That's the only way to give Americans a choice in the process. It's illegitimate where does it say, Sen- Senator, where does it say that's illegitimate in the U.S. Constitution or in the law? Where does it say that what they're doing, the Republicans, is illegal? Illegal, it may be not under the Constitution, <laughs> oh, under the norms oh. <laughs> and traditions and unwritten rules of the Senate. It is illegitimate One of the unwritten rules is that people keep their word. The the Republicans promise that there would be, in fact, no such nomination or confirmation during an election year. They're breaking their word. They are potentially breaking this. Okay, stop right there. Okay, so
0: the the only the only thing the, the only thing that I know of that was said in regards to that was one US senator, and that was Lindsey Graham. And he said if there is a nomination to the Supreme Court during the uh, during the first term of the next president, then you can what did he say? You can use
1: my words against me. I will not be for it. But yet now he has to be, doesn't he? Well, there's so there's a big caveat because this is what what they're referencing. There is uh, Obama, right? The, the last uh-huh. one that Obama did, um, he nominated someone on March 16th of 2016. So the year he was. Um, you know, to be elected out, essentially. That was his last year, 2016. Right.
0: But see, um, the, the, here's the thing, though. It was a Republican Senate, so it wouldn't have gone anywhere anyway.
1: That's my point is oh. exactly that. It, it's he, the, the, the stances that they were taking at that point is exactly what you said. It was a Republican Senate. It was not going to go anywhere. They already said we're not going to vote him through. So what they said there was a really ineloquent way of saying we're not voting for him. So, don't even try to put him through. Save your time. Right. Okay. But reverse it, right? Reverse the situation. Put in
0: a Republican president and say the Senate is, say the Senate would have flipped in 2016. Okay. Let's say that they would have lost a few seats in 2016. Okay. Flip the Senate, which that's what they've been trying to do. Even during the midterms, they tried to flip a couple of seats in the Senate. That's all they needed. I mean, right now, they hold it by what? One, two seats? That's it. That's it. That's all they hold it by. I think that they're going to I think they're going to take an even bigger majority this time around. That's my guess because of everything that's been going on. But flip it, make it a Democrat Senate and make it a Republican president in this time. Okay, say it's Trump but say it's a, a Democrat Senate right now, they wouldn't approve it. We know they wouldn't approve it, regardless of what happened the last time around. They wouldn't do it anyway. Looks like it's a four-seat four, four seat split. Four-seat split. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, it's a very narrow margin. Very narrow margin. Okay, so they hold 50, uh, 54 seats? 54 seats? Yeah.
1: They they hold 51 seats. Democrats hold 47, whereas there's two independents. Independents. Independence. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, honestly, but- I, I got it. Go ahead. They're Democrats. They're Democrats. It says they both were caucused with Democrats. Yeah, so of it's it's a forty-nine fifty-one. Well, Bernie Sanders is an independent, and look at him, right? He's he's
0: as yeah. far left as you can get by American standards. In in a lot of cases, Wolf Blitzer, I, I got to give him credit. He he asked a legit question. That that's no doubt about that. But anyway, uh, this is not this is not illegal. This is not uh, it's not illegitimate. It's that's that's a farce. The fact is, is that the Democrat Party is powerless to stop this. And that's all this is. They're just kicking and screaming and flailing. That's all they're doing is they're they're just whining like children because there's nothing they can do. And they know it that there's nothing they can do. The American people need a say. We don't get a say in any of this stuff anyway. Blumenthal,
1: we don't get a say in any of this crap anyway. I wish we did. That was our vote. That was our vote. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that was voting for the president. That was our that was our say in all this. Yeah. So
0: but that's been illegitimate in their eyes ever since 2016. They haven't accepted that.
1: So it's it's their way or it's no way. That's their stance on it. I I think the reason that they're so butthurt about this is they cheated. They cheated in 2016 and still lost. That's why I think they're 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 unwilling. They're going to do it this time around. They're going to do it
0: this time. They're going to do it again. They're they're going to be worse. It's going to be where they're going to lose even worse. Because here's the thing. If Donald Trump has the same people that voted for him in 2016 come out and vote for him again, as in the numbers, he's going to lose. It needs to be bigger. Like the margins need to be bigger. And if it's not,
1: then I don't think he's going to make it. Fewer uh, fewer of the Democrat base um, has registered to vote for this one. And more of Donald Trump's base, which is like the um, non-college graduate white um they're the one that like those numbers have increased by like forty three percent or something like that that have registered that's uh that's a pretty fair i mean that's the base that's not saying that's that's all the voters that's just saying the base uh that that's uh that's a pretty substantial jump um and it, he has a lot more of the uh latino vote he has a lot more of the black vote i mean minorities were had a lower unemployment than any other time in American history, the unemployment period was the lowest it's ever been in, a, you know, American history. It's kind of a I mean, he has some stuff to put in his hat. You know, he's got some feathers to put up there. And honestly, rightfully so. So if if the American people, that's what I honestly, that's what I hope the debates are about tonight. I hope Donald Trump toots his own bugle a little bit and says. Hey, look, this is what we've done. This is what we're going to continue to do. And I hope he pushes that narrative at the same time. Hit Biden with some stuff like uh, define what a man is and um, uh, Hunter Biden. You know, I, I hope those two things that will throw him off and get him on a tangent. And Trump, if he's the one that looks more presidential and says, look, this is the stuff we've done and we're going to continue to do, it's going to be a solid win. I mean, he would win both hands tied behind his back in that scenario. Do you know what Trump has done that no other president has done at
0: this point in his career, his presidential career? Um, No. He has landed a third Nobel Peace Prize nomination. A third. Now, mind you, not one, not two, but three. He's been nominated for three Nobel. Well, one Nobel Peace Prize, but he's been nominated three times. Uh, so, I don't recall any uh, well, I don't recall this one. Any for other. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go down that one uh, here in just a second. So uh, he locked down his third Nobel Peace Prize nomination after a group of Australian professors nominated him based on his Trump doctrine. And they say that he went ahead and negotiated against all advice, but he did it with common sense. He negotiated directly with the Arab states concerned excuse me, with the Arab states concerned and Israel. He negotiated directly with the Arab states concerned and Israel and brought them together. The Austrian or excuse me, Austrian, the Australian law professor David Flint told Sky News Australia, lauding the president for his Trump doctrine foreign policies. What he has done with the Trump doctrine is that he has decided that he would no longer have America involved in endless wars, which, oh, man, they can't stand like the the neocon Republican type. They can't stand it. The ones especially like this is why you see all these generals that are coming out against Trump because that's what they do. They go in there, they're politicians, those generals at that level, they're politicians, they come out, they get these fat cat deals at these contractors when they retire and they watch their 401k and they play golf
1: and and they make all this money and give a couple of speeches a few times a year. That's all they do. You know what? One of the taxes Trump probably used for the, this whole, uh, we don't actually know because we don't know the, the, what the agreements are, but this is speculation based on what he's done in in the uh, real estate world. He probably sat down with the Arab world and said, um, "Here's the deal. We're gonna we're gonna set up this because econ- these are economic agreements, more or less, right? The, these are economically based, not based on a two state agreement, which they've all tried to do or something about that. You know, it's it's all been." economic-based and it'll help both countries. He probably sat down and said, look, either you can do a deal with Israel and uh, you know we'll set this up, or we're going to do a deal with Israel and make them a bigger powerhouse than even you guys are. It's kind of the same strategy he did with some of the other real estate stuff. So it it, it could be a bit of bullying in, in this, but that's what the Arab world respects. I mean, he understood the logic there, if you will. So, uh, and I, I larger.
0: love this anti-Semitic argument that the uh, that the media throws out there, and it's like uh, his his daughter converted <laughs> to Judaism. His his grandkids right. are Jewish. Like that's
1: yeah. uh, seriously. Yeah. Are, are you serious? He, like, he would have uh, he would have disowned them.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, like uh, Kushner, Jared Kushner, his son-in-law is Jewish. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes no sense. He had the Arabs and the Israelis at like the, the UAE and the Israelis at the White House signing a peace deal. Yeah. yeah. Hello. You got the so- you got the crown prince in uh, in Saudi Arabia that's possibly on board. You got some of the old guard royal family in there. It's not quite sure yet. Bahrain is on board now. Oman, I believe, is on board. I mean, th- this is th- this is a big deal. This is unprecedented. I-, I wouldn't have even expected this. I mean, you're talking about a 5000 year war. You know, I mean, th- this
1: is yeah. I wouldn't have even expected this. I thought Wait, it's, you're going to get you're going to broker peace over there. Yeah, of your minds. Well, to, to be fair, though, the, the nations he brokered peace with haven't actually attacked Israel like they haven't directly True. gone to war with Israel. True. It's, so, it's just the other hawkish nations
0: like uh, Iran and um, yeah. uh, what's the other one? Um, Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. Egypt, that's, I facto. mean, it's, it's that. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah. And the Jordanians have got a little bit of an issue the there, but yeah, Syria. Well, yes, uh, yes and no. That's bad for business, you know. The, the Syrians. I mean, that's bad for business. But I mean, yeah, you, you, you get what I'm saying. Well, the is what
1: I meant. Well, uh, yeah, I was listening off once that.
0: Yeah, Trump's already been nominated twice in twenty or for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize, including by a Norwegian member of parliament for the Middle East peace deal, and by a member of the Swedish parliament for normalizing the relations between Serbia and Kosovo. By the way, they've both just um, created. Uh, a a new historical landmark in both of those countries called Lake Trump. I'm not making that up. You can go look that up. That's how much they appreciate what he's done over there, the work he's done over there. The Australian professor goes on, he says, so he's reducing America's tendency to get involved in any and every war. The states are lining up Arab and Middle Eastern to join the network of peace that will dominate the Middle East. He's really producing peace in the world in a way in which none of his predecessors did. And he fully deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. If you're going to give that organization any kind of legitimacy again, which right now it's been stained, for God's sake, you gave it to a guy who did nothing. You you (laughs) gave it to Obama. The guy did nothing. He did nothing. You get like he had to be nominated before he was. You gave it to him right after he got elected president. But you had to be nominated a year before that. And so what did he do before that? What, he was a sitting senator for, a, what, a year and a half, like 18 months? And before that, his, his job was a staple gun on telephone poles in Chicago? That's what you gave him a peace prize for? And then, on, to top it off, you gave it to the stinking European Union. What the hell have they done? But steal money from people. What, what have they done? They, they've done nothing. The case in point, look at this disaster with this COVID nonsense. How much help have they been to the countries and the people of Europe? None. None. They went and scoured. They, they, they ran and hid like little cowards. That's all they've done. The Italians were begging for help to Brussels, and they said, no, they're sorry, there's nothing we can do.
1: That's why they're burning EU flags in Rome. Oh, yeah, you don't see that on the news, do you? Just to kind of go back to Trump for a second. History. So if Trump doesn't win again, right, let's say Biden wins. History is going to mark this time as one of the dumbest decisions America made. And the reason I say that is, like him or hate him I, it does not matter trump is a historical president the peace deals he's done the economy that he's uh helped helped um fruition you know and on top of that three justices he's nominated two so far or, or or you know appointed two so far the third one's being been nominated and will probably be uh seated next year there's a possibility of three more justices being replaced that's Six just this has never happened before in history, as far as America's concerned, where a single president has replaced six justices. I mean, he has the potential to do that many. So so far, however you slice it, the president is a historical figure right now. He will go down in history as a good president. Whether you like him or hate him, it does not matter. So I I I think I, I think if he does not win again. And it's not fraud. Right. It, let's say it's a legit vote, which we know is not going to happen. But let's say it is for the sake of the argument. History will mark America as being stupid for for electing out one of the best presidents we've had in like, what, 40 years, 30 years, whatever. And uh, it, that that's
0: that's that's pretty Hillarys. Hillary was supposed to go in. She was supposed to go in. They were they were supposed to get five Supreme Court justices. they were supposed to get five at the first term. They were supposed to get five. And you notice that uh, that three of them are up there. They were going to pressure the other the three of them are, have been replaced. They were going to get two more if Hillary would have gone in because they were going to put pressure on him to get out of there. And, you know, you know that they probably would have had like Ginsburg wouldn't have died in in office if she Like if if Hillary had won, Ginsburg wouldn't have done Ginsburg would have stepped down because, you know, they would put somebody just as radical in there. So they tried to keep Ginsburg on there as much as possible. I mean, Ginsburg did what she did. Like she stayed on the court as long as she did because she she's a radical. She's a radical. You 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 do it. And by that, I mean, when you sacrifice your own health for the sake of the cause When you sacrifice in her case, when you sacrifice the or excuse me, at the detriment of your own well being in your own life for the cause, well that's a radical. That that's a radical. So she stayed up there because of she because she was a radical. If it had been. Um, well, I mean, that's not to say it, but it, if it if it had been uh, Hillary Clinton that that won, then Ginsburg wouldn't have stayed. They they would have gotten her out of there. Kennedy would have retired a lot earlier. I would say that probably elite Sam Alito and uh, and Clarence Thomas, they'd be gone. So those would probably would probably have been the other two. Obviously, uh, you had the replacements for Antonin Scalia and um, Justice Kennedy. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean that's that's it. I mean, I don't know the state of uh what's the state of Kagan? What's the state of Elena Kagan? At Sotomayor's she's still relatively young per se, I'm I'm pretty sure. And of course John Roberts is you know, so the next two to go, I think, would probably be uh Alito and and Clarence Thomas. I, I don't know about Kagan. How old's Kagan? Sixty. Sixty, okay. So she's got some time left. Uh if if she wants. So she's got some time left. Um But I I think the next two to go are probably going to be Alito and Clarence Thomas. Oh, man, I don't want Clarence Thomas to go. I want Clarence Thomas to be up there. (laughs) Can can we clone Clarence Thomas and and make him like 50 and then or excuse me, like 20 and then just say, all right, or 21 and say, here you go. You know, we'll just we'll just move old Clarence out. We'll put new Clarence in there. You know, no one will pay attention. Right. Oh, hey, Clarence, you had some cosmetic surgery. huh? Can we just do that? Is that possible? Can we can we can we do the the imprint on the mind, too? So he he reserves the conservative values. Can we do
1: that? Honestly, if Amy Coney Barrett is indeed a traditionalist, um, she should be on the same vein as him. Uh, Let's hope. I I, I sincerely hope so. And by the way, isn't she like the first uh, if she's um, seated, she will be the first Supreme Court justice to serve. With kids still at home, like dependent. That's that's a good question. I I didn't know. I I didn't know yeah. that. Should be the first one. Yeah. So it's a historic. There's been a lot of historic things that have happened under Trump. Um. So yeah. Keeping with like
0: Trump and all this stuff and the you know the Trump the historic's and you know how how things are significant things like that. This, this one caught my attention. This this is crazy. Okay. So you know how students are doing. We talked yesterday about students in school doing online learning and the effects of everything that's going on with uh, with COVID and all that stuff. Which, by the way, I want to share some st- some statistics with you. Uh, now, this is out of, just before I, before I mention this, this is out of the CDC. Okay, these are CDC numbers, what I'm about to say here. I want to look at percentages, and I want to look at percentages of survival rates. And by that, I mean these are the percentages of survivability. So if you contract COVID-19, then this is the percentage you have of surviving it. OK, this is according to the CDC, the Centers of Disease Control, ages zero to 19. OK, so this is the demographic that we're talking about uh, that are staying home, that are having all the problems that we talked about yesterday, all the social problems, the uh, the suicide rates are off the charts uh, and all of that ages zero to 19. If you contract COVID-19 according to the CDC, you have a 99.997% survivability. So if you get COVID-19, if you get if you contract coronavirus, that's your chances of survival. Bruce, what is the what are the chances of falling victim to that if you're 0 to 19 years of age?
1: That one is actually a little bit more- OK, wait, it was it was point zero zero. What was it? Point zero zero three. Is that what it was?
0: Zero zero. I believe it's zero zero three point zero zero three. So it's ninety nine point nine nine seven
1: percent survivability. So it'd be point zero zero three. Right. OK. Point zero zero three. So there there's a bit of a catch, because if you're wanting if you're wanting strictly covid deaths, that number is a little bit different than. Yes, that's than vastly that. different. But
0: we're going again, um, we're going these are comorbidities. So that's how the CDC counted them. So let's let's count, let's use their let's use their numbers. Mm -hmm. So So you would have yeah, go ahead. So if you if you contract it, if you're between the ages of zero and nineteen, you have a zero or excuse me, a point zero zero three percent chance of dying. Okay. That's if you're zero to nineteen. But yet we have to shut down all schools. Ages 20 to 49, you have a ninety-nine point nine eight percent survival rate if you contract covid-19 so with a 99.98
1: survival uh percentage what's the fatality i'd be 0.02 yeah so um, just just to put it in comparison by the way you're breaking it down by age group and i, I don't have it broke down by age group i have it all age groups oh. lumped into it's one it's lumped into one statistic okay i got you uh <laughs> flu <laughs> is 0.001. Okay. Flu's point. That's worst 001. case scenario by the way. That's worst case scenario. That's that's the fewest amount of people getting the um, getting sick and having the most amount of deaths uh, on average. So, you're looking at 39 million cases of the flu with 62,000 dying. That's a that's a 0.001%. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, ages 50 to 69
0: you have a 99.5% survivability rate. And if your age is 70 and up, so they just lumped 70 to whatever, you know, 90s and hundreds, all that, if you make it that long, 70 and up, you have a 94.6% chance of surviving this. Now, you you brought out an interesting point as to why that number would be different uh that particular demographic because they're counting comorbidities of all of the nursing home deaths in all of those facilities over there across the uh the Democrat states. Yeah.
1: Yeah. See that that one, the 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 94, that includes the comorbidity uh also known as Gretchen Whitmer and uh cuomo the the one well i think new Jersey's also doing it as well there, there might be a, I, th- I think there's a hand like five states that are doing these policies all together um but that is the policies that i've been railing on against uh about the uh sending COVID positive patients into retirement homes, which from the very beginning, we said that was the most vulnerable among us, that we should, you know, protect grandma and grandpa from the disease or, and instead they were importing it straight into those. And we actually don't know how many died in in the retirement homes because some of the states are literally hiding the numbers. I don't know if they just didn't track the numbers or if they just are intentionally, it's like top secret you know, you have to have security clearance to see it. Level of of hiding it because we don't know how many died in, uh, for example, in uh, under under Gretchen Whitmer's care. She's been completely dead silent on that. So uh, honestly, it's in my opinion those states, governors are guilty of mass murder and should be treated as such. I agree. Completely agree wholeheartedly. Just a little
0: statistic there for you, uh, listed statistics. If you're wondering what the chances of you dying and succumbing to this disease, which it's a legit concern given all the hysteria out there, according to the CDC, and you know we know that those numbers are overblown in the US anyway, but according to the CDC, you've got a pretty good chance of beating this thing. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay,
1: But Look yeah. what we've done. Look what we've done in the midst of all this. Is well, it worth it? Is it worth it? I mean, on top of that, you you mentioned it being comorbidity. Yeah. 2.6, I believe, is what the average comorbidity rate is. And when you look at it, just solely died from COVID-19. It's 6% of the the numbers that we're seeing. So the numbers we just quoted there, it's even lower than that by, you know, it's 6%. So we we did all this. Um, I wish I had the paper from from the EU. It was a there was a paper that just released. I need to find that. Um, yeah, please, because uh, I want to see I, I that. I'm it. Curious. Another, yeah. It, but basically, it was talking about how the lockdowns. If we would not have done the lockdowns, a fraction of the people would have died um, instead of the. I, I believe the speculation right now is like three point five million are going to die from COVID nineteen. That's kind of what they're speculating. Um, they're saying if we would not have locked down, we would see that number of around two hundred thousand, two hundred to three hundred thousand. So, um, and that's 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 what we get for buying into the hype. That's what we get. You know? Yeah. As, as cold as that sounds. All
0: right. Um. So get this. Right. We're going to round off on this one. This is going to be the last one. Get this. So as we talked yesterday about the teachers and the you know kids doing Zoom calls and all that stuff. I mean, I know parents that have their kids in Zoom calls right now to do school, and it's 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 a mess. It's an absolute mess. But get this. Imagine if you had a Trump flag on the wall behind you imagine if you were one of these evil people and you had you had such a such a horrible display of hate on the wall behind you a teacher told the student that had a Trump flag on the wall behind him he had 15 seconds to remove the Trump flag or he'd be kicked out of an online class 15 seconds. Since school has began, my son has had this Trump that he's talking about his parents here. Since the school has began, my son has had this Trump flag hanging in the background, uh, the student's mother. You can sit up. Uh, according, to the, uh, according to the report, the teacher right told the kid, you can sit up, remove the flag or reposition your camera within the next 15 seconds or I'm kicking you out of class. Um, I, I really don't know what to say here. The kid said no. The kid said, I'm not doing it. He says, you know, he wasn't going to do it. But now the question is, does he get kicked out of class? I don't know. The video shows uh, the teacher wasn't able to complete the countdown before the student decided to sign off from the class on his own. Good, good. He can be seen waving to the camera before the screen goes black. You know what? I would have been waving, but it wouldn't have been a hand. It would have been a single gesture. That's what it would have been. Exactly what you just did. Yeah, that's what it would have been. Uh, and I would have said, you know what? I don't need, I don't need this, but you know what, Bruce, I would have taken your approach. Your approach would have been a little bit different, right? So, I mean, I would have, I would have blacked the screen out. Of course, you know, we do the overlays here. So I would have, I would have overlaid with my, you know, technical difficulties. Please stand by. And I would have, I would have taken your route, which would have been, I would have put as many flags and banners up behind me. I have put my make America great again hat on. And I would have sat back down, kick me, kick me. I dare you. Go ahead. You got any thoughts on that before we uh, before we jump out of here? I do
1: have. uh, But the the listener won't actually be able to see because um, (laughs) (laughs) just change your background. Yeah. Green Uh, screen. I love them. Yeah. Green screen. Yeah. I put a put one of the Trump 2020s up. Um, Honestly, the the school can't do that. I, I don't care what kind of policy they have, what kind of even our stu- even our students kids age they still have constitutional rights they still have the freedom of speech um i'm sorry you can't do that especially as a government agency you can't tell kids what they can and can't do politically speaking um sorry uh, it just you can't do that so uh i hope the parents um clearly the parents are are raising the kid right because he reacted um more mature than i would have um I hope the parents uh i hope the parents retaliate and go after go after the schooling district lawsuit i don't care you know whatever yeah and lawsuit and to be fair yeah, yeah to be to be fair i mean we we know we
0: know that a lot of this uh, the, this political uh, animosity it's, it's getting out of control i mean we saw a video today of uh, of some angry angry motorists uh to some to some biden supporters on the side of the road um <laughs> it was just it was. Was unprecedented there's a video uh, that's circulating online for anybody that for anybody that doesn't know okay there's a there's a technique that we in the Midwest call rolling coal meaning if you buy yourself a big jacked- up pickup truck and it's got a nice big exhaust pipe off of it and it's got a diesel engine you know like a Ford F250 or something uh, or an f-350 whatever it is you buy and you go buy somewhere and you you put your foot down well what comes out this big billowing cloud of black smoke well there were some there were some Trump supporters in one of these big pickup trucks and they had of course their Trump 2020 flags hanging off the back of it and they passed some uh some biden people standing on a street corner and they decided they were gonna roll coal all over them and um yeah that's uh um I, I suppose that's just I what mean, happens. Anyway, it's childish, but it's it's hilarious nonetheless. It's childish. Yeah, it's it's childish. Anyway, all right, we are going to have to jump out of here. So thank you for sitting down today, Bruce. So for those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. I know I haven't been over there in a few weeks, and I do apologize. I've been very busy here trying to uh, work on some other things, and Bruce and I are working on some other things behind the scenes. So, I mean, this is... Um, this is kind of what we've been tied up with lately. And it's um it's been it's been a little hectic to try and keep up with everything. So I do apologize. But you can follow me over there at Jay Anderson3, or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. We would ask you to pass us along to friends and family your earliest possible convenience. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible, but we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could please pass us along. We are available on just about every platform out there. We're on Pandora, we're on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Deezer audible or on audible now uh did i say spotify yeah we're, we're on spotify as well so pretty much everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of soundcloud so if you could pass us along we'd appreciate that also if you're rating podcast we would ask you to drop over to apple Podcasts or any other platform you listen to us on that has a rating system if you could give us a five-star rating we would greatly appreciate that thank you for your time today bruce and from all of us here wherever you are in the world we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible we love you and we love freedom and independence and together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas So we'll see all of you tomorrow.